You have a dedicated PS uh, PlayStation room. That's nice. I like that. Basically, that's an, yeah. imp- <laughs> that's an impressive collection of PS2 games. Yeah, there's quite a few. I didn't realize quite how many I had, but um, oh, yeah, like six Tony Hawks I saw, and made like four Ratchet and Clank. Uh, I forget uh, what if you actually, let me is. just open up Delicious Library, which I've got. Oh, um, you still use that? Yeah, I didn't. I thought it had been abandoned, but it's still been updated. No, um, it is. I just I'm surprised that it uh, you'd never hear about it anymore. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. I just uh, you never hear anything about it anymore. No, I'm surprised there hasn't been like a I don't know some kind of alternative to it. But yeah, I mean, it because I was looking for an alternative because I assumed it had been abandoned because I bought it maybe two three years ago. Yeah, that's the um, app that started a whole movement, you know. God, yeah, I know. Um, Tony Hawk uh, Total, I have across all different platforms. I've got 19 Tony Hawk's games. Wow. Because um, I think for for PS2, there's eight, I think. Uh-huh. Um, let me just have a look. So, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, so there's eight games just for the PS2. Um, wow. And then I've got... There's a couple for the Wii uh, that I've got, which is the one with the, the skateboard attachment. Uh, uh-huh. It's got an actual oh, skateboard yeah. controller, uh, which is really hard to use. I bet. Um, and then I've got some PlayStation 1 versions, uh, and I've got the new one for Xbox One as well. Wow. And then a couple That's for cool. 360. Um, you know, one of the guys who worked on um, that that app was one of the main designers of um, iOS 1.0. Oh, really? When it was still iPhone, I guess the iPhone OS. It was, yeah, Mike Mattis huh. is a designer who ended up eventually at Facebook after doing, well, he'd done a, he's done a ton of stuff. He was at Nest. He was at Apple. At Apple, he did the batteries, some of the lock screens, I think some of Maps, Photo Booth, a whole bunch of different um, wow. whole bunch of different UI elements and a bunch of different apps. And then he went and did Pushpot Press, which did that. Um, do you remember that Al Gore book that called, I think it's called Our Choice, that became like an interactive book, and it was on iOS? Um, it was really groundbreaking for the animations and the UI at the time, and then it immediately got bought up by Facebook, and they went in and did that paper app. Okay, no, which is that alternative Facebook app, you know? Which they've now they've now pulled that I think they just abandoned it, um, and Mattis left last December, so that's huh. too surprising. That was they had like a Skunk Works kind of alternative, kind of what Microsoft is doing with some of their keyboards and other software. They had their own little, you know. I don't know, small little startup within Facebook that was doing mobile experimentation and stuff like that. Huh. There you go. Yeah, so that's that's the story. If you, uh, I put some of it in, um, where, what did I write about? I think, uh, I think maybe I wrote about the abandonment of, of paper on Mac Stories, and I went into a little bit of the background. But anyway, um, really brilliant designer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, I was amazed that, that Delicious Library is still... Kind of, I checked the checked the update log because I was thinking it doesn't seem like I haven't heard anyone talk about it for years now. Um, yeah. But you know, it's been updated within the last kind of six months or so to work with El Capitan. So um, yeah, and I've, I've used it, I've used the mobile app, which still works for for scanning barcodes. So so yeah, I'm going to stick with that for now. Guy who runs that is Will Shipley. I ran into his uh, his Lotus in San Francisco one time. I think it's an, he has a bright orange Lotus that says Shipley on it. Nice on the license plate. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we uh, should we get into it? Yeah, yeah. What do we? Um, let's see what we got here. 
yes yeah, so, uh we've got one probably the last bit of dropbox paper uh follow-up that we'll have because i guess we're probably going to switch maybe to notes or something and when we've both got ios 10 but um they've actually <laughs> made some updates to dropbox paper so it will now tell you in the dropbox app when when somebody has shared a document with you um i haven't actually seen any other updates from them but uh but yeah you get the little uh notification in the activity feed that somebody shared a document with you which is you know at least a start towards it being a little bit better than it was yeah it's a start but they still send you the email which is the part that i found the most find the most annoying oh yeah the email is still really really annoying but, uh, um, yeah, no, we should definitely try notes because, um, and I'm here, I'm here to kind of twist your arm into trying out the beta of iOS 10 because I've tested it out a couple of times now with Federico and one other person and it's gotten a lot better in the most recent beta. It's, it's not quite like when you're in a Google doc, you know, when you're in a Google doc, you can actually see each character being typed by someone. Yeah. You can't, you don't get that. It's like little chunks pop in. It's like maybe you, you're typing real fast and you type three or four words and then it pops in and then, um, and then I do something and it pops in, but I don't even know that that, and, and maybe that's not quite as good an interaction as seeing character by character, but you and I hardly ever type in the same document at the same time anyway. So I don't think it would really matter one way or the other for us. No, I think the only time we do that is right before we're going to record the show, and we're already talking anyway, so it's not not really a massive problem. Yeah, no. So anyway, I I do think the notes sharing is pretty good. I did have one problem. Let's see, was it? I'm trying to remember if it it was a last beta. It's not this one. Last beta, I had a couple of situations where it... um, where I was testing it out with Federico, and um, and it crashed, and then every time I tried to open notes, it would just crash on launch. Uh, I have to reboot my phone in order to get it to work again, but that has seemed to have been cleared up with the latest beta. Yeah, you're not going to convince me to go on the beta, John. I'm going <laughs> to wait. It's a, it's it's um boy, I was uh kind of semi regretting it when I did beta two because there were a lot of UI bugs, especially like the, the most annoying one was it would get my phone would get stuck in landscape mode every now and then, um, regardless of whether I had you know rotation lock on or not. Uh, and, and it's just really a pain in the butt to have that happen while you're trying to use your phone and then having to reboot it to get out of that. But that seems to have gone away and a lot of the other sort of annoying things have gone away. So it's, it's fairly solid now. Perfect. Um, eye roll emoji. It's yeah. One, one emoji one, of the year. It won, it won a major award as they would say on a uh, Christmas story. Yeah. That, you know, that's good because that's my emoji more so than uh, there's, you have your own emoji. You've co-opted the, the thinking face, right? Sure. Yeah. That's you. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, I will admit to, to, um, to grabbing it myself once in a while, but I like the eye roll emoji a lot. Yeah. That I, I think, uh, I mean, I've, I haven't got any actual statistics on this, but I think, uh, the thinking face, is obviously the number one one that I use, uh, then eye roll emoji, and then the smirking face. Um, and I think once the new emoji come out, it's going to be the uh, the shrug, the shrug emoji. Oh yeah, is coming. Yeah, the sh- yeah the shrug will be big. Um, I was explaining to somebody the other day what Jeremy Burge's job is, right? And I, I said I just want to be him because he gets to invent a holiday, yep. which is emoji World Emoji Day, um, and he gets to help pick. Which of these I you know which of these emoji get on the uh, the list of emoji and I just think it's really cool. It is very cool, <laughs> but it's very hard to explain to somebody what that that's actually a thing that he does. 
yeah, it's, it's kind of strange that that's that is his full time job is just emoji. I'm imagining he falls asleep and just sees emojis all day, all night long. I see he's on television all the time. He's on the BBC a lot. It looks like. Uh, yeah, I mean he he lives in London, so I guess it's fairly easy for him to get to the studios as well and go in and I mean he is of anybody. I guess he's the leading expert in emojis. Yeah, I don't know that there's room in the world for two people, but if there is, I might apply for the job. Yeah, I think you could give him. I think you could give him a run for his money, John. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave it to Jeremy. He's a good guy. He can keep the job. <laughs> so, talking of um, arbitrary days that get invented by people and companies, uh, we're going <laughs> to talk a little bit about Prime Day because this is kind of it, it's kind of become this 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 undercurrent this this joke that it's like, oh, Prime Day's terrible, and yet me and you both bought stuff. Uh, everybody that I follow bought stuff. Yeah, no, uh, people do, do buy things, and I, I still think it's kind of terrible because it, you go there and I looked at, it, I was like, oh, it, it's just it's just page after page of junk. Oh yeah, definitely. But if there's something specific that you need and it happens to be one of the things on sale, then it's a good deal. Yeah, definitely. So I bought, um, I got Grand Theft Auto Five for the PS4, which was something I'd been waiting for, and. It, for whatever reason, that game just doesn't drop in price, and it, it was down like to I think twenty five pound on Prime Day. So I picked that up. Um, I got a present for Jess's birthday, which I'm not going to say in case she hears or listens to the show. Um, and 168 packets of cat food. <laughs> <laughs> That's for you, right? Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, it's my it's my favorite meal. <laughs> I thought, well, see, I don't have cats, so I didn't know that that was like a reasonable amount of cat food. When I saw you bought that that amount of cat food, I thought you had gone off the reservation. No, so I mean, it's we've got two cats as well, so uh, but that'll probably last us like two months or something, maybe three months. Um, and it was, it, you know, it was a really good price. It was like half price or something. Um, and I got it on Prime now because why not? Um, yeah, no. <laughs> and and funnily enough, it was the same driver that the day before. I'd ordered cat litter because we'd run out and I couldn't be bothered to leave the house, so I ordered that on Prime now as well. And he asked if you're a cat, becoming a cat lady. Um, it didn't come in 168 packages, did it? No, no, no. So just just two boxes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So I I I guess I got a crock pot, you know, a slow cooker. Sure. Because um, we had one and it broke a few months ago, and we just hadn't bothered to replace it, and they happened to have one that was on sale. Uh, and a grill cover because mine is wearing out. Now, I didn't pick out either one of these things. I basically told Jennifer that it was Prime Day, and if she saw anything we needed, go for it. But I, because I couldn't tolerate the page after page of, of stuff that I didn't, the, you know, junk, and I didn't really know what we needed. So, but she did, of course. So, yeah, we're all set. I, I think that's where this kind of uh, almost fake anger comes from about Prime Day. Oh, it's terrible. There's so much garbage. And, you know, there is a lot of crap on there. If it's the crap that you want, it's not crap. Like I, th- I think because they've got so much stuff, and you know they've got like 150 pages of deals. Um, you know, it, it's bound to be a lot of stuff that you don't need. But if you know what you're looking for, you know specific items, then it's fine. I mean, I get pretty good discounts on Amazon all the time anyway. Um, I, don't, I don't feel like Prime Day felt particularly different to any other day on Amazon. Yeah, I guess I you know to me it was, it was like you know see all deals and you look and it's like a bunch of junky iPhone cases and other stuff that 
is just was just kind of irrelevant to me. I don't know. I, I always feel like they're trying to pull something on me when I. It's like a giant garage sale. It's like, well, we've got a bunch of stuff that we can't sell, so here it is. Put it in your house and pay us money for it. Um, I have a little bit of a. That's kind of my attitude towards it. But you're right. I mean, if it's something you need, it's something you need. And if you can get a good deal, all the better. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think what really can, we're not actually going to spend half an hour talking about Prime Day or anything, but. Um, what really struck me about it was, um, as I say, I used Prime Now uh, the day before and then on uh, Prime Day as well for once for cat litter and then once for cat food. Obviously, I should have done this in the same order, but I didn't realise. Um, but the thing that, that struck me was how how much of a blow Prime Now is going to be to physical retailers, uh, you know, like brick and mortar stores, because, you know, there's a, there's a pet store pretty close to my house you know maybe a five minute drive um i could have gone mm-hmm. there picked up the stuff and be done or i can go on prime now pick a delivery slot and it just gets delivered to me and i haven't got to think about it yeah have you found a lot of things you need on prime now because it's not as prevalent here yeah i i think it, it really depends what warehouse you've got quite close to you because um if if i look what's available uh near my parents house they, they live um you know quite a quite a way away from me so they're on in a different uh warehouse uh-huh. so they're assigned to a different warehouse and they've got a lot of stuff that i don't have access to on prime now and kind of vice versa so it, i guess it really depends what the warehouse near you has got um yeah i mean i've been quite lucky with the stuff that we needed like cat litter and cat food they seem that's just something they seem to have all the time uh when i got my ps4 they had that in stock um so yeah you know they've been pretty good um, in terms of what they do and don't have in stock. Um, I think they have the Grand Theft Auto as well when I tried to buy that, but um, mm-hmm. I think I wanted some add-on items that they didn't have. Yeah, last... Um, it's interesting here because when I'm downtown in downtown Chicago, they tend to have... Prime now seems more limited, which is kind of counterintuitive than in the suburbs because I think it's just harder for them to get around in the city. So... You can get things like video games and last-minute gift-type items, that sort of thing, um, but not a real wide variety. So if I so if I'm looking for something, I can't find it on Prime. I found that I can't find it on Prime now. But if I go to the regular Amazon, sometimes I can get it the same day in the suburbs, not on Prime now, without actually even paying extra, which is really odd to me. There's just there's the two things seem to be operated completely independently of one another. And it feels like in the suburbs, the regular Amazon service is getting better and faster for no additional money if you're a Prime member. And the Prime now in downtown Chicago is getting better, but it's still in its infancy because it didn't really come here till all that long ago. Maybe, I don't know, I think it's been less than a year. Yeah, it's kind of interesting the way that the, the two are definitely, they're treated like two different companies almost. Like if you didn't know anybody, right. you would never know that they were the same company um yeah i don't know i think i'm not really sure what their plan is i mean in in the u.s it's kind of different anyway because like generally it's two-day delivery for you right for prime um that's right that's the deal whereas in the uk it's next day delivery on on everything that's on prime so we're already up to a day that only a day we have to wait and then prime now as, as i say i mean it's been pretty good for for the kind of stuff that I would need, like right now, right this second. Um, but yeah, I, I think 
if it gets a little bit better or you know a lot better if they can you know increase the capacity of their warehouses or, or you know whatever it is um i mean for me this is just going to kind of stop me from going to to physical stores for a while because i just don't you know i don't get any advantage from going out to you know for example the pet shop to buy cat food when i can get exactly the same cat food delivered to my house and i haven't got to leave yeah you may never you may never leave the house again oh that's the dream john that's the dream <laughs> it is the dream <laughs> i was out running errands yesterday and it was awful it was like screaming children and long lines and pharmacies that didn't have things ready for me on time it was it was it was not, it was i thought to myself well this is why i don't leave the house yeah but that is what the outside is like <laughs> yeah. anyway so anything else on prime now no not really i i actually have never used it myself because i've never found anything i needed on it so i guess our experiences have been a little bit different but hopefully it will improve in my area soon yeah planet of the apps yeah what do you think about this this thing is weird i i wrote this in the show notes but who the hell is this for who is going to watch this I think I I I have a feeling that if I watch it, it'll make me angry. So I probably won't watch it. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to watch it either. So I think we can glean from that that it's not really for developers or, or you know people in who are kind of in the know um, of what this uh, you know this kind of subset of the industry is like. And I, I'm not sure I can see that the general public are going to be particularly attracted to this show. Yeah, it it strikes me that it's going to be a little bit like Shark Tank, maybe. I think there's a similar show in the UK. I forget, I forget the uh, name. Dragon's of it. Den. It's called in the UK. Right. Yeah, something like that, um, which is all very contrived. I mean, if you really wanted to have a reality show about about developers, you just see somebody typing into a text editor for hours on end and swearing when they couldn't build their build their app. Yeah, it's. it's I, I'm just not convinced. I know who this is for, or if anybody's really winning at the end um yeah. there's a really good discussion on uh, episode 178 of ATP um they go into a lot more detail of like you know who what the winner's going to get and and who this might be who this might appeal to and whether the winner is really winning anything um but we'll, we'll put that in the show notes cuz i think i think those guys you know they went pretty in depth with it but um but yeah i in terms of watching it i, I just can't see that this is going to be something i'm gonna bother watching yeah it, it could be i don't know maybe it'll be entertaining but i i recorded something for the max stories telegram channel about it maybe 10 days ago or so and the, the thing that bugs me about it more than anything is kind of this vc angle and this um it, it seems at least from the description which is admittedly fairly um high level and sketchy you know it's hard to hard to know exactly what what the show is going to be like but it does seem to be kind of that um, to perpetuate that myth that all you have to do is build an app and you'll be a millionaire, which is very, very far from the truth. And I, I do worry that this is just going to, I don't know, I, I just think it's the wrong, in a way, it's the wrong message to send the general public. Yeah, and I think in the start of the show as well, it, or you know, the auditions kind of say you need to have a beta or a prototype of some kind done by kind of October. So it sounds to me like the TV show is kind of going to miss that huge chunk of the beginning of building a new product and getting it to some kind of prototype in stage, which, you know, I don't, I, you know, I've never done an app, but you know, even for, uh, you know, some kind of web services that we do at work, like, you know, that's going to be a good couple of months work at least. 
Yeah, well, I assume that that's not what it's going to be about, that it's going to be more about the marketing and more about the selling and more about the investment and, and that kind of thing, um, and the idea more than the actual app itself. So we'll see. I don't know. I'm not very excited about it. I, I think it's weird that Apple's involved. Um, I you know, I wonder whether this was one of two things, whether they saw an opportunity to use it as kind of a way to market the App Store or whether... They wanted to have their finger in it to avoid um, it being portrayed in a way that they didn't like. Um, hard to know, but um, it doesn't excite me at all. No, me neither. So, so have you you been playing Pokemon Go? Because I've been playing Pokemon Go. Yeah, so I played it. Um, I was when, whenever it got released. I guess it was kind of middle of last week or the week before. Um, I guess it's been out nearly two weeks now in the UK and. Um, I was actually working from home because I was I was ill, but um, but yeah, so I downloaded it. Um, well, the first thing I did was text Mike to tell him it was available because I know he'd been <laughs> waiting because he didn't want to get it from the US store. Um, and I downloaded it, and you know, I got I guess probably the first run experience, and most people is the same. You get quite a lot of opportunities to catch a lot of Pokemon. I mean, I, I basically didn't leave the house and was able to catch maybe ten or fifteen Pokemon um, within you know a few hours. Um, I guess maybe it throws a few more at you when you first start. Um, and then, yeah, maybe. you know, I, I started feeling a bit better. And, you know, when I was out and about, I'd catch a few. But kind of after about a week, um, so I guess, you know, uh, maybe about five or six days ago, I was just a bit like, I'm kind of a bit fed up of it already. Um, the app's kind of buggy and it, it you know it crashes when sometimes when you catch a pokemon and the ball will just sit there forever and you have to force quit the app and um there's not really any online component to it per se like we can't play together and you know like there's no trading or anything like that i'm sure these things are coming um but yeah i'm just kind of a bit bored of it at this point yeah well they 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 have a big problem, which is the app is a lot, is no good. Um, it's interesting because it shows that even with a, a buggy kind of broken, not fully uh, thought out app, you can still become kind of the number one app in the world. I mean, I think they, Apple just told the loop um, last week that it had more downloads in the first week than any other app ever, which is remarkable when you realize that too that that first week it was only available in australia new zealand and the u.s um big markets but still i mean most of the world wasn't covered until weeks later so i don't know i mean i, I guess like you I've, i'm playing a lot less i like it my office downtown is a pokestop and people are always setting up lures so i can sit at my desk and play pokemon <laughs> if i want to don't tell anybody um but even that i'm not really i haven't really done in at least a week because um, it's the, the app itself it takes forever to load. Sometimes the servers tend to go down. Um, it's, it's funny in Chicago. It, you know, it's when you would expect on the way into work, the servers are down at lunchtime, the servers are down and on the way home at night, the servers are down. And those are the times I might play and I usually can't. So I just don't bother even trying anymore. Yeah. And, and there's a couple of other problems as well. Like the battery usage is insane. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I know it's querying the server to, you know, presumably get data for where they're going to randomly generate Pokemon and, you know, the gym data and stuff like that. But the the battery usage is just completely off the charts. And it, I couldn't, it's great for me, you know, I can charge my phone at work. So if I wanted to play it, you know, on the way to work or, you know, when I'm walking across or whatever, 
um, I can charge my phone at work. But for you know, for most people, they don't necessarily have that option. Um, and you know, if I'm out and about all day, you know, I've been running some errands this morning, and and I was you know I was playing while I was waiting outside one of the shops um, for Jess, and you know it's already killed my battery to like fifty percent. Um, yeah, you know, we're only talking about a few hours out of the house. Right, it's kind of a double whammy because it's built on the Unity engine, and my experience playing Unity based um, iOS games is that they're all battery hogs. And so you've got that to start with, and then on top of that, you have the fact that you're right. I mean, it's it's pinging the server constantly, and because the servers have been so under so, so much stress, my guess is it's making a lot more requests than it would if they weren't weren't under such load. Yeah, definitely. And I don't, I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm down on it. Like I, I think it's great if people are enjoying it, then you know, brilliant. And it's it's fascinating to watch just how popular it's been. I mean, that there's a couple of things I wanted to mention. One that the other morning this is not good but i nearly got hit by a car because the woman driving was playing pokemon um <laughs> this was in slow moving traffic it was you know it was it was kind of okay it wasn't particularly dangerous but as i walked past her car when she after she nearly hit me i saw that she was playing pokemon which is just ridiculous like she clearly shouldn't be on her phone anyway but um and there's the second one there's a pub near me um and they they had a a a Pokemon lure party last night um, uh-huh. between seven and 11 or whatever. Um, big posters out the front in the windows come along and catch Pokemon with us. And we know they're going to pay for, you know, they're obviously going to just do the in-app purchase and set lures and stuff so that more Pokemon come. And and this is a, the pub that it is, it's kind of, it's not the kind of pub I'd expect to be doing this kind of stuff, but it's really kind of, integrated into every possible kind of part of life like everybody knows what pokemon is like you know the game everyone's like oh do you play it and it it really is fascinating to watch just how popular it's been yeah no I, i there's a lot of that going on here here as well and you've probably seen some of the pictures online of like people jumping out of their cars in central park to catch rare pokemon which i think is ridiculous but and I do like the game myself, too. I think it's a neat idea, and it's really captured a lot of people's imagination. And I think it has, you know, a lot of levels that you can you can enjoy it on. You can just catch them if you just, that's all you want to do, just kind of collect them. Or you can do the gems and all that kind of thing. I mean, you don't have to do the, the combat to enjoy the game, which I think is kind of a smart thing. Nor do you really have to spend money to enjoy it, because I haven't spent a dime, um, and I, and it's fine. So that's kind of cool. Um, I have seen a lot of business starting businesses starting to do the kind of thing that you mentioned with the, the pub in your area, and uh, it's I've never seen a game where I've gotten off in the city in the morning and walked around where I can walk by several people and they're all playing Pokemon, getting off the trains in the morning. Part of that is because it's an outdoor thing, so you wouldn't necessarily see people playing Angry Birds as they walk down the street, but. It's really clear when someone's playing Pokemon because they get so absorbed in it. And I would walk around downtown Chicago at lunchtime and see groups of people just wandering around places like the train stop where there's, you know, a Poke stop or some landmark near near my office. Yeah, the, the the one that really surprised me the day it came out in the UK, um, so it came out kind of first thing in the morning, and then I went over the shop uh, probably about nine o'clock at night, um, and there's a there's a little kind of uh, shop there and then there's a church right next to it and the church is a, a gym I think and I walked over and generally this area 
uh, like outside this shop, there's a few benches and stuff. It's normally there's a lot of kind of drunk people sat there and, and kind of people, I think maybe they're homeless, but you know, they're always kind of hanging around there. It's, um, and so generally like other people aren't hanging around there cause it doesn't seem particularly safe. Um, and I went right. over there at nine o'clock at night, the day, the, po- the day Pokemon go came out and there was probably 20 people stood outside the church all on their phones, presumably all play Pokemon go. And, I was just so surprised because it's you know it's generally not a particularly nice area to be hanging around in, right? Um, and yet this game has encouraged people to just be hanging around there and and you know purely for this one game. Huh, yeah, it's interesting. It's definitely a phenomenon, and it seems to be. I have noticed fewer people. Um, I've I've not seen as many people doing it in the last week or so around here. I think that that initial surge seems to have died down a little bit, but still obviously very popular. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I guess it'll be, we'll see in, you know, a month or three months or even six months um, if it's, you know, still... Be, I, I definitely won't be playing it, I think. I think I'm, I'm kind of... I'll probably just keep it installed and open it every now and again, but I certainly won't be playing it all the time. But, you know, we'll see how popular it kind of stays. Yeah, what I, you know, one of the things I had heard, that, and I don't know if this is accurate or not, but that the reason they launched when they did and not quite necessarily as ready as they maybe could have been was that they were under deadlines from their um from the people from the you know the companies that were funding the project from the vcs which you know it's google's got a hand in it nintendo's got a hand in it it's um i forget you know it's the uh, company is in the pokemon company because the the actual ma- maker of the app is niantic i think is mm. how you say it so kind of interesting but i think they were their hand may have been a little forced from a business perspective yeah, it certainly seemed that way. It seemed odd to only launch in the US and, and uh, I think it was New Zealand and Australia. Um, you know, I think you generally expect to see kind of Canada on that list and the UK, uh, possibly a couple of other European countries. But well, and they have, every time they've launched in another area, it's the problem has started all over again. Because I think the next, you know, they went to, to Europe and and it was really bad for a few days, and then Canada, I think, came after Europe. Um, and that was a problem. And then they just launched in Japan two or three days ago, maybe it was. Mm. So I think they probably got most, I don't I, as far as I know, it's not in China yet, but, but who knows where they're going next with it? No, I mean, I, I can imagine of all the places it's going to be popular, like Japan is going to be, you know, that's, that's got to be one of the top countries because, um, you know, obviously that's under the origin of, of Pokemon. Um, right, right. You know, and it's, but yeah, I, I, who knows? I guess they'll probably work out these, these bugs over time. And I guess that probably the usage numbers will certainly go down over the next few months. Yeah. Yeah. So did you, um, changing topics, did you see that I spent a little time in a DeLorean? I d- did. I was very jealous. <laughs> It was very little time. It was like one minute. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? You've got all the time in the world. You've got a time machine. (laughs) That's that's true. That's true. I was at um, MacStock, which is a conference that's held. This is the second one, and it's in the far northwest suburbs of chicago so it's i mean it's far enough away that even though you know i'm i'm maybe 25 minutes from the city do do westish and this took me an hour over an hour to get to so it's pretty far away Um, but still in the area so i went and it was it was a nice conference i mean it's as far as i can tell it's a bunch of people who many of whom are podcasters and many of whom used to go to mac 
uh, Macworld Expo back in the day and missed Macworld Expo. So they started this Mac stock thing in the Chicago area. Um, There's maybe 150 people there and um, hung out, listened to some talks about, you know, getting the most out of various types of software and, and that sort of thing. Um, and they did a barbecue and, and somebody who was at it just happened to have a DeLorean and pulled it up and let everybody sit and pose in it for a while and take some pictures. So that's, that's where that all happened. I mean, I assume if you own a DeLorean, that's pretty much your life. Um, (laughs) wherever you go, people are going to want to sit in your car. (laughs) Yeah. It's boy, it's, it's really low to the ground. It's hard to get in and out of, (laughs) and those gull wings, it's really easy to, to bang your head on them if you weren't careful. Yeah. I think I, I remember I've definitely sat in one of probably quite a few years ago now when I was a kid. Um, there's a, uh, a car museum or a, a motor museum um, not far from here, and they've uh-huh. got they've got a DeLorean, they've got the the Lotus Esprit from whichever James Bond film it is, the submarine uh, uh-huh. Lotus. Um, oh yeah, you know they've they've got uh, loads of TV cars and movie cars. I don't know if they're originals or replicas or whatever, but, um, but you know, they've got quite a few there and, and sometimes they have days where you, you go and sit in them and stuff. Um, but I, I, I haven't sat in one as an adult. Um, but I, yeah, I can well imagine it was, it's, um, th- the doors and it's got to be pretty low to the ground. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean, I, to me, they, they aren't as rare as, they are for most people because when I was growing up, I, I, you know, I grew up in Michigan, not too far from Detroit where DeLorean was based. And so I actually saw them fairly frequently when I was growing up, um, for the few, I, I forget when they came out sometime in the late eighties, I think. Uh, yeah, I guess I mean, no, back to the future came I out. I think it's actually earlier than that. So maybe a little bit earlier than that. Yeah. Here I'm Googling. I shouldn't be Googling while we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Anyway, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. I was looking to see when they came out. Oh, look at this. It was founded in 1975 and ceased operation in 1982. So um, earlier than I thought. Okay, so they'd already stopped being made before Back to the Future used it. Oh, yeah, by quite a bit, yeah. Huh, interesting. Anyway, yeah, that was kind of fun to do that. And it was interesting just going to the conference because it was a very different... um, it was a different, totally different segment of kind of the Mac community than I'm Mac and iOS community that I'm, that I'm used to hanging out with. Um, a lot of real nice people, and I met a bunch of former writers from Tuwa. You remember Tuwa? I do. I do. Yeah, it was like a mini reunion. It was because uh, Brett Terpster was there, and David Chartier who used to write for them, and Mike Mike Rose. Oh, excellent. Who, um, yeah, so it was nice to get to know. I didn't know I I knew David and and Brett from before, but I didn't know Mike, and it was nice to get to know him as well as some other people. Nice. Um, talking of uh, time travel and Back to the Future, I might as well mention it uh, in this section. I I did mean to do it in follow up, but I forgot to put it in the show notes. Um, I was on uh, the ADR podcast, which is uh, Brian Hamilton's uh, movie podcast, uh, talking about Back to the Future. Um, it's not out as we record, uh, but it will probably be out by the time this is out. If not, um, I'll make sure to update the show notes when it is out. Yeah, that, that's, that seems, uh, obviously you're the right guy for that movie for sure. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, so, you know, Brian kind of said to me, do you want to be on the show? Pick a movie. And I, I mean, it was the obvious choice for me to, to talk about back to the future. So we, uh, so yeah, we talked, talked about back to the future for probably an hour or so, um, not not one of these mega long shows where we go twice as long as the movie or anything. <laughs> nice. No, that seems really cool. Uh, I definitely will take take a look for it and uh, give it a listen. 
yeah so as i say if it's not if it's not out by the time the show's out i'll, I'll make sure to add it to the show notes uh once it is out sounds good you know i i know you don't want to talk about stranger things which is on netflix now because you haven't watched it yet um and i won't say anything about it other than it you know what immediately grabbed me about it it was the um the opening credits and that uh the the typeface they used for the for the name of the show and you know why that is i don't because it's the exact same typeface they used for Stephen King novels in the eighties. If you, I'll have to find the tweet. Um, but there was a comparison done, and there was back, when they were publishing Stephen King's books in the eighties, they had a uniform typeface for his name and giant letters on it, and it was exactly um, that typeface that they used for Stranger Things. So there, there's a lot of things in that show that that are throwbacks to and references to various pop culture things in the eighties. And that one, um, grabbed me right, right away. And I knew kind of, it kind of gave me a hint as to what this was all going to be about. So it was, it was fun to see that. Yeah. It's, it's on my list. Um, I will get, I will watch it. Um, I'm actually off all this week of work. I've got holiday. So, uh, maybe I'll get around to watching it this week. Yeah. It's eight, eight, one hour episodes. So it's doable. I did it in about four. I just did two a day. Um, got through it in about four days. Oh yeah. That's so fine. Is that available in the UK, or is that one that you're gonna have trouble getting? Uh, is this a it's a Netflix show, right? Yeah, so it should oh, be in the yeah, UK. Oh yeah, right? definitely be in the UK then. Um, okay. Yeah, they tend to. Um, I think the only time they don't have stuff available is when I know there was some problems with like House of Cards when they released Netflix in other countries because they'd already sold it to networks in that country. Um, but yeah, generally, if it's a Netflix-owned show, it'll be available in the UK as well. So. Um, and if it's not, I'm sure I'll be able to um, acquire it. Okay, cool. Won't ask how you do that. No, I, I, through all legal means, John, is what I meant. All right, all right. It, there's there's trucks and shows fall off of trucks. Exactly. I understand. So, um, this, yeah, Twitter verified. This this <laughs> has always been, even before this and that. So Twitter announced that anybody can apply to become verified now i mean just fill in a form and and they'll you know they'll check you out decide if you should be verified or not and you become verified the verified status has always been quite strange because you couldn't approach twitter to become verified or or certainly that was the official statement i find that hard to believe that you know right i'm sure that if you were like tim cook when he joined twitter I'm sure he just phoned Jack up and said, somebody needs to verify me. Um, right. But, but that was the official stance, which you couldn't, you couldn't do anything about it yourself. You would just either be approached by Twitter or, um, you know, they would just verify you because they knew it was you or whatever. Um, and, and I saw, saw kind of, there's obviously some other ways to do it because I saw Dan Morin say that the reason he's verified was because everybody at Macworld was, became verified at one point all as a group. So, you know, clearly there was some kind of agreement there with Twitter, um, but but they, you know they've got this proper form now, which you fill in, you give them some links to websites, um, you write a bit about why you should be verified, and they'll get back to you and tell you whether you've been verified or not. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, the the thing about MacWorld is, um, I was just listening to the talk show yesterday, and 
John Gruber had Glenn Fleischman on, and those guys explained that around the time that that happened with MacWorld, um, the re- the re- Twitter was contacting lots of media outlets because uh, the AP and maybe some other outlets, according to these guys, uh, had been had had people taking over um, Twitter accounts and and posing as reporters um and it was a real problem from from that standpoint so they went around and kind of verified a bunch of people at big media companies at that point i don't know if that's accurate or not but um that's that was the explanation they gave um yeah it the thing i the problem i had with the the ver this this form that they put out last week was i think the implication was that by letting anybody send in the form that they were going to broaden the program. And I think that was at least the assumption of a lot of people made. Uh, and I'm not sure that that's actually true or the, or the, you know, the case it's also not, it's just not clear what the, why they're doing this, right? There was no explanation in um, the materials. Uh, I think the verge assumed that it was to help combat harassment on Twitter, which is a real problem. Um, but there's no evidence to me that that's what it's about, especially since, since a lot of most people who I have seen um, apply have been roundly rejected since they since they sent in their forms, I actually sent one in and I didn't. I haven't heard one way or the other, so I don't know. I must. Uh, they must be struggling with my application. Well, maybe you might still get verified. Who knows? Because um, <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it's a weird thing, right? They never really explain what what the purpose of verified is, or what the goal is, or what the purpose is. Is it anti harassment? Is it um, is it like an exclusive club? Um, is it you know? Is it a status symbol? What is it exactly meant to accomplish? And to me, it seems like this. There definitely are tools when you are verified that can help with um, things like harassment and maybe they ought to just pull those tools out of verified so people who are being harassed who maybe don't care whether they're verified or not can use them um and then they can make verified wherever they want whether they want it to be a club of celebrities or 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 whatnot yeah there's a couple of things you hit there yeah one if there are tools for people who are verified to deal with harassment that those tools need to be available to everybody um right you know i mean I'm very lucky. I don't get harassed on Twitter. I don't get a lot of, you know, I don't get abuse or anything like that. But for people who do, if those tools exist, and but they only exist if you're in this special verified club, then that's no good. Right. The only person who harasses you is me, and that's because I love you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but yeah, no, I agree with I agree with you completely on that for sure. And and, this, and the second thing in my mind, I've always seen verified as kind of one of two things either um, and it's kind of linked in with the harassment and Gamergate stuff where these people will create fake accounts but pretend to be the person they're trying to harass so it kind of makes sense to verify the actual person um, you know so it's obvious from you know screenshots or retweets and stuff it's very obvious that that is the real person or it's not um, and then as you say the other one is is journalists and, and you know people, people news writers and bloggers and, and things like that um it makes sense for those people to be verified as well because you know especially in the the apple world there are so many people saying oh can you send me a code i'm jason snell for example and you know they're pretending to be jason snell but actually they're not and they're just trying to get promo codes from developers and things like that um but twitter have never really explicitly said what verified is 
Um, you know, the impersonation, that makes sense. It makes sense to have verified there. But, you know, there are people who are getting verified or, or not getting verified that seemingly should fall into that category. I mean, the perfect example this week was um, Federico didn't get verified, but Mike did. Um, but as... It, from my understanding of verified, it seems like if anything, Federico should be the one who's verified if it's only going to be one of them. Right. Well, I mean, here's the thing is that you look at it and you're pulling patterns out that you see, but I don't know that it's necessarily the patterns that Twitter is, is intending to create. Right. I mean, that's the problem is if you look at it at a really high level, it's, it's easy to understand why Tim Cook is, is verified, right? Or Kim Kardashian or somebody like that. Sure. But then when you get down to a certain level of maybe people you know better um, and that you would view as somewhere on a relatively equal footing in terms of notoriety or something, there's no rhyme or reason to it. I mean, look at the ATP guys. Um, uh, John Syracuse is not verified, but Casey and Marco are, and I don't really see why there is a difference, but there is. I mean, I, you know, and I don't. The reason I care about this is one: I think the harassment tools ought to be peeled out. So I think that that's a problem, and they need to they need to address that. I don't think Twitter's done them. They've done a better job, maybe, but not a great job by any stretch of the imagination in dealing with that. And two. There is a legitimate reason for wanting to be verified, a business reason, uh, because Twitter is as much a marketing channel as it is a communication channel for a lot of people, whether you're an app developer or a writer or anything. And I think that people coming to Twitter and seeing the verified status, it probably makes a difference for some people that someone's verified versus not verified. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and, and I think on a grand, on a bigger scale, if if you imagine... You know, like, me and you both have legitimate Twitter accounts. Like, you know, it's us. We can prove that. That's fine. If you imagine everybody who can genuinely prove who they are is verified, you know, whether that's through, um, you know, just a website verification like Google Webmaster Tools do or, you know, even if it's some kind of manual process, however they do it. If you imagine everybody who has a legitimate account is verified, then you can really tackle harassment because... You know, a lot of the harassment comes from these fake accounts that just get made and then they, you know, they get banned and they just create new accounts. But if you could say, fine, I'm not going to, I'm just going to block everyone who's not verified in this new imaginary version of what verified is. I mean, that's got to solve a lot of problems. Yeah, you would think so. I mean, if you have ever used one of those tools that will go in and kind of look at your follower list and see how many of them are kind of real, mm. uh, it's, it's it's kind of shocking how many are either effectively abandoned accounts or or some sort of bot. Um, there's a, you know it tends to be a fairly decent percentage, and that would definitely peel those out from the from the pack. Yeah, and I mentioned this on Twitter this week, but um, like App.net had a verified. Um kind of status it wasn't exactly the same as twitter it was actually you verified the website uh, that you put in your profile um but that would you know put a little tick next to your name and they'd say yeah we verified that this website is owned by this person of course it's not quite the same but even right. that would be a step in the right direction to have an automated verified process as opposed to this what is clearly manual at this point 
Well, you know, the other thing they've done is they've asked, I don't think you mentioned that they ask for a copy of your ID, you know, like a driver's license or a passport or something. Uh, it's like, so now thousands of people are, are uploading JPEGs of their, of their IDs to Twitter. And I, 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 I'm just waiting for the story to hit the news when those get, uh, they get hacked and, and those get leaked to someone. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't have that. Uh, I did. I a lot if that's of people. a US only thing. No, I think I think I remember Federico mentioning hmm. that he. I, I'm not entirely certain of that. It may not have been. He may not have been asked for it, but I think he did, was. So no, maybe I missed. Maybe I missed that on the form, and maybe that's why they said no. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I mean, so they they did require some form of ID for some people, and it did read as though it was. Um, it was like an optional thing or something that they, they showed to some people and not others. I'd be interested to know on what basis that was decided. Yeah, maybe I'll, I'll tell you, what, I'm going to go back in there after the show and uh, have another look at the form. Maybe I'll just apply again if that if that upload form exists. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. And then I guess you can do it over and over again every 30 days, which seems weird too. I, 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 you know, I, I just feel as though this is a, something that they've they've now unleashed but without any real explanation and i think um it's not going to be very effective until they they communicate whatever purpose they have in in doing this new verified program yeah i think that that's the real problem is their wording is so vague because it just kind of says persons of interest um and and i don't know what that means Right. And I, I get that they want wiggle room on that. That makes some, you know, I, it's, it's a subjective thing. On the other hand, they don't even um, describe what the, what the purpose of it is and what the goals are. What are they trying to accomplish by opening this up to, um, you know, a wider audience? Yeah. Like, you know, even if it had just a few basic questions like, do you write for, you know, a, a news organization or, you know, a, do you write for a website that is a legitimate business? You know, it actually makes money or do you make your money from Twitter? That kind of thing. Like it, if there was even some kind of solid guidelines there to to say yes or no, so that we didn't fill in the form if we didn't fit those categories. But as it, as it stands, like who decides what a person of interest is? Right. Absolutely. And, and, and is it for, well, I mean, we're just kind of guess, I guess we're going around in circles now, yeah, but I guess we're you know, <laughs> is it a club? Is it a marketing tool? Is it an anti-harassment tool? What is it? Right. Or is it all of the above? It's, it's just not clear to me one way or the other. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens in, in the next few weeks. See who else gets verified and who doesn't. And maybe we'll see some more news from, from Twitter. Although that seems unlikely. Yeah. So, I guess we should close out. We've got um, we've had a lot of random topics today, and you know they're in a really. This is a really thoughtful order that these are in. They're in the order in which we put them in the documents. <laughs> right, right. Isn't that pretty much how it works? That is basically what's happened. Yeah, yeah. So that's if if it seems disjointed, it's because it is. Um, the last thing I wanted to mention is that you're going to do pub hack again, right? We are. Yep, pub hack. Could is you remind the back? Right. Will you remind everybody what pub hack is? Uh, yeah, so we spoke about this on episode 20, I believe, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, but I'll go back and pop that episode in the show notes as well. Yeah, so Pub Hack is a, a hack day um, that happens in a pub. Um, so, you know, we'll get into teams, and, and our team is Devs Do Design, which is me, a guy I work with, and a couple of other people that I used to work with. And, uh, and yeah, we'll sit there in a, in a pub for eight hours, build something based on a theme, uh, which previous years has been 
first world problems or uh, just retro I think was the last one um, so we'll build something crazy um, last time we built a, a Nokia 3310 in the browser um, <laughs> and uh, and yeah so that's happening in September uh, it's been a while since uh, since the last one but yeah we're uh, pretty excited about it uh, that's cool. I assume that um, that they don't tell you what the theme is in advance, right? No, definitely not. Um, Joe, who who runs it, um, you know, even if you get her really drunk and ask her, she still won't tell you. Um, she's 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 pretty <laughs> she's pretty solid on not telling anyone what the theme is, no matter how hard oh, we try. <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool. Did you, I saw you did you did a little like YouTube video? Was that you who did that, or who did that little YouTube video of de- for devs do design? Uh, yeah, that was me. Because um, we we generally because uh, you present your project at the end of the day, um, and the last couple we've started kind of doing intro videos to you know introduce the product of whatever it is that we've built. Um, and I thought it'd be quite fun to just have like a little uh, standard kind of intro. Uh, I guess like opening credits almost that we're going to put at the beginning of the um, the video. So yeah, I, I actually did that in uh, Keynote and, oh, and did exported you? to uh, exported it to uh, MP M4V. I think it exports to, um, and then uh-huh. just added some sounds in iMovie. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. I mean, it's amazing what you can do with Keynote. You know, so people will build full on. Um, prototypes of apps and things in it because a lot of the animations you can create are very similar to what you can accomplish on an iphone uh yeah i know i actually know a few people that um that do you know like you say app prototyping or just kind of little interactions for websites and, and things like that um yeah i was amazed i was able actually to achieve as much as i did um in keynote especially the uh, the bit where kind of all the words are out of line and I kind of twist them and move them up and down a little bit. Um, the animation tool is actually really good. Yeah, it is. I mean, you can do things like just kind of define where it starts and where it ends and it'll do the transition in between. It's 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 pretty amazing. Mm. So yeah, we'll, uh, we'll pop that video in the show notes as well. All right. Well, that's good. I'm looking forward to hearing how PubHack pub goes. I know that last year when you did the Nokia phone in the web browser, you ended up doing the sound effects for the phone, right? Well, I did. Yeah, we'll see. You have you're you're a man of many talents, and I I, I love those little were they I think they were vines or something that you posted while you were at the pub. Uh, yeah, I think somebody was filming me doing doing the little sounds. Um, yeah, if you follow at Devs Do Design, um, that's generally where we'll be. I mean, if you already follow me, you'll probably see a lot of it anyway. But uh, at Devs Do Design, we'll be tweeting from that account in September as well. Oh, good, good. Well, I think that's probably all we got for today in that random walk down uh, what you and I were thinking about this week. Uh, yeah, no, eight topics we had this week, John. That's, uh, that's got to be a record, I think. That's solid. Some <laughs> of them were pretty short, but, but you know, it's it, these are the things we're thinking about. Well, there we go. So, uh, yeah, let's wrap it up. Um, you're on Twitter at J-O-H-N-V-O-O-R-H-E-S, and I'm on Twitter at RMLewisUK. Yeah, thanks for listening to Ruminate, everybody. If you have some time, go leave a review because we uh, we appreciate that. And we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. See you later. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs>